check this old dog on me. All right, welcome to another episode of Sooner Born and Sooner Bred, a podcast with a father and three sons. Uh, we have no insider information, just strong opinions. Uh, welcome, guys. Welcome. How's it going? Hey. Hey, uh, so how was you guys' week? Well, I uh, spent the last two days getting ready for a birthday party that lasted two hours, uh, cleaning the house, getting the pool cleaned up. Good birthday party, good turnout. Now I've got a house full of toys that my kids are begging me to play with them. So my next week's already booked up. Oh. Sounds like I had a terrible week. What'd you do? I, I got to learn. I got to learn this week what acid reflux is. You guys experienced <laughs> this yet? I have not. My wife deals with that all the time. In, in fact, if my voice is lower today, it's probably because my esophagus is, is burned off. That's that's why it sounds so deep. But you, horrible. Uh, what? I thought I had acid reflux one time, but it turned out to be a heart attack. <laughs> it probably felt better. It probably felt better to have a heart attack. Uh, I was I was born with a stomach of steel, so I haven't had to deal with any of that stuff yet. I was diagnosed with the GERDs or whatever it is at one point in time. Took some medicine for it. It didn't really help it. So and you still have it? Yes. I'm, I on on occasion, if I'm I've got to be careful what I eat. You know. It, Anything that's really acidic, really, it's like tomato sauce sets it off. That does me too. But so I think six cups of coffee a day hasn't been helping. So <laughs> that's probably, probably not good now. Uh, is it, what's acid, acid reflux? Is that where you like kind of throw up in your back of your throat? Is that what that is? I have no idea. That's what it's. That's what like it a heart like, attack. I think. It it just like it's where it like backs up your stomach. Your stomach junk like backs up into your throat, and so then it burns your esophagus and it causes burning in your chest sometimes it feels like you're having a heart attack it's have not you, fun have you tried the uh what is that the uh, uh oh, like, no it's not prolisec i take like the omnipraza or is it omnipraza yeah it's oh that's like generic prolisec ain't it i don't know it, it, it's i bought it at the dollar store i take that it's a one a day deal i took the over the counter had to go to the urgent med to get the prescription and that's that's helped a little bit so no big deal. That's the good stuff. I'm not going to stay on, hopefully, but, yeah. you know, we'll see. And I bought a tux this week, so that that was fun. Oh, I got to so. go rent a tux. Yeah. You, you bought a tux? Yeah, it was, it was cheaper than renting. So I, Do you plan on wearing one I mean, at any other point than this wedding? Uh, At any other point in this wedding, or this is just... Like ever like again? Like my, my life. Yeah, in your and, life. You know, so. I, I don't know. Yeah, like Shane, Shane will wear it. Drive to Tulsa one night, you know, go out for dinner. And, yeah, that's you. you know. Dude, I would wear one to Roadhouse. <laughs> Are you really my son? <laughs> well, it would be fun. Everyone would think you're famous, you know? Just Or you've been to prom, I don't know. The, pro- the problem I see with, like, I bought a suit not too long ago, and I, I don't wear suits very often. So the, by the time I get ready to wear it again, it's probably going to be out of style. Yeah, exactly. So here's my thought. My thought is... It costs about the same, maybe a little more to buy than to rent. But my thought is, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear it to the wedding, and then I'm gonna dry clean it, and I'm gonna sell it on like Poshmark or one of these one of these resale sites, and just recoup a little money. There you go. Okay. So I thought you are my son. Where does let me know how it hey. turns out? Where does one buy a tux? Yeah. Uh, I'm tux gonna tell store. You where I got mine. It'd be, it'd be embarrassing if my daughter finds out I men's warehouse. JC Penney's. 
Is that where it's at? <laughs> I think that's where I got mine at. I'm not checking out pennies. I mean, I don't know if it's good quality. If it's not, I'll send it back. And nobody else there is going to know if it is either. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, who's a Who's a Tux connoisseur? Nobody in our family. I guarantee you that. No. I mean, as long and as you have tails, it's fancy, right? With yeah. him being from Kentucky, probably none of his family either. So, like, did you go with like the James Bond look or like the composer? Oh yeah, yeah, James Bond. Oh yeah, that's the best one. Keeping it, keeping it traditional. That's 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 the tux I go with every time I have to wear a tux. James Bond, straight up. Double yeah. seven. Yeah, it's just a good. It's iconic. But uh, can't wait. So, for for me this week, matter of fact, today I went and saw the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, the new one. Me and Caleb did. Are you my son? I I, <laughs> hey, I grew up during the te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's it's the cartoon movie. The animation was great. The it, the, it was like a uh, who's the director? Seth Rogen. No, no, no. The one that does all the like Kill Bill Kill Bill movies and all uh, that. I can't think of his name. Um, I don't know. The movie was terrible. Does it have the dude with the hockey stick? No, no, it, it doesn't no have Casey, Casey Jones, Jones in it. It doesn't have Casey Jones? No. no What's his chick? April? Does it have yeah, April? It has April. April O'Neil in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the, okay. the problem the problem with the movie is, is like it rewrites like the other, like some of the bad guys aren't what they seem anymore. And it's just. Well, you got to make everybody like everybody. The, you know, everybody's got to get along and conclusion. Were, the characters were junk. Let's, let's just go out that far. It was, it was junk on the characters. And so just not. Not pleased with it. The uh, the animation look reminds me of like a Quentin Tarantino. That's who I was kind of trying to. Yeah, it, the animation it's almost comic book like. It was it, pretty cool. It was it, neat. No, three D. It was it was neat. It, it was a cool animation. I, I thought that was neat. I just they made Master Splinter into like a. He's a sissy. Let's yeah, just go out a, on a limb. Master Splinter was a sissy, like an old guy that you know old hippie. Yeah, he's like an old hippie <laughs> that just lays around. You know, hates people. That's me. Um, yeah, glad, glad like Hollywood's but not original. Like, it was there. just like yeah. it was like Dad laying there, rap formation. <laughs> I mean, how many Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies have already been made? Well, the, you got the original. You got the original three when it was like back when uh-huh. Jim Henson did it, and then you got the two new ones that were the Nickelodeon version of it, where they kind of really went the opposite direction and made them extremely big and strong and then so this is like the third iteration yeah this is like the third iteration of so it we, we all get to relive our childhood three yeah. times that's, that's yeah yeah that's it, this well, is this is probably gonna be the end of it but we'll that, see that's what i what did about this week? football let's talk football all right we'll, we'll get let's started. talk football we gotta hurry up and get it talk before dad gets ready to go to bed yeah he's gonna pass out on us over here uh so we'll start off with a little bit of recruiting uh I, Dad's got a lot of notes on that, I'm sure. Uh, we the big the big thing in recruiting this week will be Monday when we find out uh, what Williams Winery does. Uh, Want to start off with him? What do you guys think? Well, to, uh, watch, watching a little stuff while ago and listening to a little stuff. Now they got Missouri back in the lead on this, but I don't know. There's there's still some people out there that I trust that's way more knowledgeable on the recruiting trail that says don't worry about it if i played football for iowa state i would bet he commits to missouri <laughs> gonna go with an iowa state gambling joke no i i i think i think caleb's right i think i think he's gonna make the missouri pick tomorrow uh 
it's going to be I, for a kid that's got still another, you know, six months at school there in Missouri. That seems the right play, but I, I think it's more of a Peyton Bowen type situation where he's going to commit tomorrow, and whether it's OU, Missouri, Georgia, whoever it may be, I, I don't think the recruiting's over oh, until it's I'm, over. Yeah, Let's. By no I mean, the fact of the yeah. matter is, is Missouri may go out and lose the first, you know, three of their first four games or something, and all of a sudden, you know, that coach is on the hot yeah. seat. Darkowitz is fired. Yeah, he's Dinkowitz or whatever his name is. Yeah, um, I would say I've got you know three scenarios: what I think is going to happen, what I hope is going to happen, and what I'm afraid might happen. What I think is going to happen, he's going to commit to Missouri. Just they've thrown too big a number at him that he can't turn down. What I hope is going to happen is that OU gets really close to that number, uh, and yeah, he wants to come to OU and play and at least have a chance at winning. Maybe that he's not going to get at Missouri. What I'm afraid is going to happen is that uh, at some point tonight or tomorrow morning or sometime during the day tomorrow, Georgia is going to make a phone call and double or triple their NIL offer they've made him. And then he goes to Georgia, and we never hear from him again. Yeah, but that's the deal. Georgia Georgia's Kind of like the Hicks deal. Kind of like the Hicks deal. Yeah, but Georgia's not A&M. They're not. No, Missouri. They they don't have to drop a bag. They, they've got a lot. To get they've a got a lot more to offer than A and M does, as far as yeah, financially, of course. But the fact of the matter is, is A and M has to drop huge bags to get like the Hicks there because there's not a winning track record. There's not anything else to draw these high end recruits. You got to bring the money. Same thing Missouri's doing. Yes, that NIL offer is amazing. And then in the state of the Missouri, he can start taking that NIL money now while he's in high school. Because all these other states don't have that. Missouri's really one of the very few that have it. Uh, that's something that Georgia, Oklahoma, and you know all these other guys that are like high up in his recruiting, they can't offer. And so, I, I that. But Georgia's the Oklahomas of the world. They're going to put together good NIL offers, but they don't have to drop a bag to say, "Hey, we got a track record to bring a kid here." That's for those are the things that. Teams like Missouri has to, and again, he's a guy that if he goes, if he doesn't go to Oklahoma, I hope he goes to Missouri because he's just a flash in a pan there. Yes, is he going to be? Will he be a great player? It, all things point to yes, he should be. He has all the the makings of a great, you know, defensive lineman. But one defensive lineman at Missouri is not going to change the problems they have, and it's not going to turn that program around. What else you got on recruiting, Dad? I know you got all the notes well, over there. Well, we got Go Jaden Nixon today, a four-star wide receiver out of Millwood, Oklahoma City. 2025 recruit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Emma Jones been killing it. Man, it, it, yeah, that class is shaping up. Yeah, real it, quick. That That's what blows my mind about that 2025 class. It's coming together much quicker than the 24 class has. and, and We've already got – what, five commits? Five commits. Three of them are receivers now, yes. I believe. And yes. so, you know, if you're only recruiting four receivers, if you've got two or three other guys that are interested in it, he they better one, get on board one, or they're going to get left out. more, and he gets to spend his mm-hmm. summer yeah. on the beach. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. Also, two yeah, were – What's that, Shane? Go ahead. Oh, I was just – I like that we're, we're getting local kids, too. Yes, out of good, the state of Oklahoma. It's going to be a really good – that 2025 yeah. class out of Oklahoma is supposed to be Oh, it's going to be notch. phenomenal. You look yeah. at, like, Carl Albert this year. 
if if you can go catch a Carl Albert game, you're going to see probably three offensive linemen that are really high D1 prospects. And then you're going to obviously Xavier Robinson uh, at running back for them is, is an OU commit. Uh, Washington has Kevin Sperry for yeah. Carl Albert. He's Carl Albert too, right? Yeah, he is. He's yeah. he's a move in to Carl Albert. So that's just it's going to be, and you you know you have to go there. Me and Caleb, we can go ahead and plug the uh, Oklahoma Sports Network. They're part of that Oklahoma Sports Network family, so you can watch those games on, uh, you know, on your Apple TV or on your Roku, and just download that app, and you can go see it, and, and notice and watch these guys play because they're going to be that team. There is going to be phenomenal, but this whole crop of Oh, you can, you know, or Oklahoma high school players this year is there's a ton of them. There's a kid out of who's the kid out of Washington, Caleb? Uh, oh, that's the one where he's yeah, tied in. Nate, Nate Robinson. Nate, yeah. Nate Robinson. Nate Roberts. Roberts. He yeah. He's to, he committed to, to Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. And I think Oklahoma's there's a pretty good chance we're going to get him flipped. Yeah, we're going to get Apparently him Apparently they didn't, they didn't uh, invite him to. One of their barbecues or something like that. Yeah, he's a, he's a four, from he's him. a four-star tight end. Yep. And that that room needs the help yes, too. They, so they I mean, you already help. got a five-star on tap with. Uh, well, he was a five-star for the twenty twenty-five class, but it, the Mitchell kid. Yeah. And, oh, Davon Mitchell. Yeah, Davon Mitchell. Yeah. So I mean, he was a five-star for the twenty twenty-five. He's re uh, classified. Re- yeah. Yeah, reclassified as a twenty twenty-four kid. Then you bring in this Roberts kid. That that could really help that room because when Stogner's done, uh, Llewellyn, <laughs> those guys have just been so banged up. Yeah, they've been hurt a bunch. There's just not much depth there. It's probably a misperception, but I just feel like in-state kids give you more. You know what I mean? Don't you guys feel like that? Like they just well, they love yeah, the program. Because, They've because been around they, it. They they play with heart. You know. Well, they know. I've, I've always they know living in Oklahoma what football. What Oklahoma Sooner football means to the people of the state of Oklahoma. Right, and they go that they go to Oklahoma because they they like the school, they love the school, they right. grew up OU fans. Yeah. yeah, they're not going right. because of an NIL package or anything like that. And I think when you get right. those kids, they're always going to give you not a lot more, but maybe just a little bit more. You know, yeah. you know the same. It, it just means more. Yeah. SEC baby just means more. <laughs> <laughs> Who else you got on your list over there, Dad? That's all I've got right now. That's the only ones? Well, of course, the, the other two big names. I, I looked at a tweet earlier today that asking, you know, what the odds are that we get, obviously, Williams Winery. David Stone it, is coming up here pretty soon. His his commitment should yep. happen. And Nigel Smith. Nigel Smith is one, being a four-star. But the other five stars, uh, the McKinley kid, and he's kind of been a late name that you start hearing. Um, mm. Right now, he's still pegged. Uh, I believe it's is he Texas or Texas? Texas? Yeah, it's still Texas. he's still pegged at Texas. Uh, a lot of people think Texas, that, LSU, and us. I think. Are in yeah, that mix. I, I think a lot of people think that OU is kind of making a late push towards him. Uh, out of those three, the you know Winery, Stone, McKinley, they asked how many of those three do you think we get and. You know, it, it was a wide range of responses from that. I, most of them were were pessimistic as as I am. I'm sitting here thinking, I, I, Winery, I, I still think, personally, I think he's a, a Mizzou commit off the bat. I don't know that he ends up there. Uh, 
I think the McKinley kid, I think he's going to take Texas, um, which that class for them, um, Sarkeesian's class is really shaping up to be a nice class this year, which, un, you know, that's not uncommon yeah. Uncommon for Texas. They There's just, also the uh, Okoye kid, too. Uh, yeah. I think if you get – if, if you, you're, I think we're pretty much guaranteed stone, and if you get at least one other of those – it's it's a really really good year. Stone, I mean, Stone worries me just because he's so. I mean, no. he is. You don't take eighteen visits to a school. And yeah, not commit but to he, I mean, he's taking a lot of visits, but he feels like he's kind of not dogging on the kid. I mean, I understand. I, I well, I guess I don't understand. I don't know what it's like to get recruited and stuff like that. But he has really enjoyed his recruiting process, and he feels like kind of a diva in it. And so I'm wondering if he's even going to make a commitment. I, I wonder if it's not. He's not going to make a commitment. Push it back, we'll he's just going to sign, and so. That's I think that's one of the things that's really frustrated me with like a David Stone who from Oklahoma, you could have signed on early on, and really got this class rolling because I think if I think if he commits today, if he was to say I'm Oklahoma, I think Winery it, it affects his decision I because think. I think he comes. I, yeah. I don't think it's a push away. I don't think it's like the Caden Durham deal where we saw. You know, you pick up the the number one running back recruit, and all of a sudden Durham's not as interested. I think this is the exact opposite. I think where if if you got a guy on the other edge, and then I'm going to commit, you look at it. Those guys look at it as a line. They go, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna have pressure on both sides, and it's only thing it's going to do is raise my stock when it comes NFL time." Because that's at the end of the day, when you're a number one recruit in the country, as Williams Winery is. That's your that's your focus is where am I gonna that's that's the main goal right it's get to the NFL and, and make the big dollars and it David Stone could have swung a lot of this so I'm, I'm a little sore. Do you, about do you it. think Winery's the same way? Do you think it's interconnected to where if Winery were to commit to OU? Oh, I think if Winery that that, that, that domino start to fall in that direction. I, I I'll go with this far. I think if Winery commits to OU tomorrow if if his if his commitment comes out to OU I think if he holds Pat and doesn't go waffling or there's no other stuff coming out I think Stone makes the commitment to OU and then I think that may be that may be what it the the thing that has to happen to get McKinley and Nigel Smith to make the leap too and I think if that happens if you get all four of those to commit and get them all the way to signing day that's the greatest defensive line class maybe in the history of college football because you would have the number one, the number four, and the consensus number seven uh, defensive lineman, and then Nigel Smith's like, what, 12? Something like that, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, what, it's, I th- what I hope has uh, happened – Nigel Smith, I'm pretty sure, is going to sign with OU. What I hope has happened is that these guys have they, – they're all – you know, they got Snapchat and each other's phone numbers and stuff like that, and they've all been to OU they're all talking behind together the at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Brent mm-hmm. Venables hands that, that coin out. Hopefully, you know, David Stone's already tossed his to Brent and said, I'm in. Just give me a little while to, to verbally commit. You know, I'm going to – but he's recruiting behind the scenes regardless. He's telling – you know, he's mm-hmm. assured Williams Winery and, and Nigel Smith and stuff, I'm there. You know, they've seen him flip his coin to, to Brent or whatever. And, and hopefully that's all already happened. Now, whether it has or not, I don't know. Well, I mean, the, um, the Williams Winery, half of his teams made the leap. Right, already. yeah, and he's came with I them mean, several times. Yeah, I mean, his teammates are making making commitments for, for next season, for the 2025 kids and stuff. So, and I don't know it, that they do that unless they've already maybe silently committed. 
You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, it, it's I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I wouldn't bet on it. We're saying a little prayer two fifty seven tomorrow anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that that moves us past recruiting, obviously. Uh, this week they were about two Saturdays from game one. Uh, this week in, in practice, uh, it was culminated to a scrimmage that happened on Saturday. Uh, they had to move that scrimmage indoors uh, due to actual weather, um, not because of heat, but they got some storms and some rain and stuff up there. So must be nice to yeah. have rain. Have you guys did y'all did y'all catch anything from practices this week? Maybe uh, read a, something. I heard a few things. I heard the uh, the secondary hasn't looked quite as safeties to be as as great as what uh, we were hoping they have so far. Well, there was Teddy was talking on TV that that he kind of thinks they installed you know a new play on the de- defensive like a new scheme yeah and uh that's this is complicated another complicated defense up well Something they've had a hard time learning they anyways know that it is new to them and that that could be some of the problems they had in the scrimmage because they got burned a couple times oh well, surprise surprise i mean what and else is guess new? who burned them Jaquizzi Petaway? Jaquiz- no, Andrell Anthony. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Two plays for a touchdown at 40-plus yards yeah. each play. What, what, what frustrates me is that I hear, I hear talk of Peyton Bowen, how he is just going to be phenomenal. Well, he should be. We got Desan McCullough, also supposed to be phenomenal. Yeah, he's going to be a cheetah, though. We got uh, Justin Harrington, he's who's cheetah. playing – Four of our best players are cheetahs, Dad. How many cheetahs we got on the field at one time? Well, your your safeties, one, maybe on your, half of the plays. Your safeties in the backfield are going to be probably. Uh, I want to see a herd of daggum cheetahs out there running around. Peyton Bowen and uh, Bowen. Well, Peyton Bowen's a, a, a cheetah. No, they played him at. Cheetah, no, no, he's a, he's not. He's safety. Yeah, he's going to put They're play, practicing him at Cheetah. They practiced him. Put his ball. Cheetah. If he's that good, put him at safety. Well, I mean, he ran step for step with Anthony and intercepted the ball in the spring game. So, we yes. we know he can we know he can play probably corner or safety. Probably can play all, Cheetah, too. But I think we got to get some guys back there in coverage. They're going to be fine. <laughs> you, so, you think it's just – you think this is just a scheme? You think they're just switching guys around? Still trying to figure out where guys fit and it I think looked they, bad. Or they installed a new scheme for the safeties, yeah. and they were confused, from what I understand. Yeah. Because after the plays, they're sitting there looking at each other like, "Was that my guy or was that your guy?" You know, type deal. Where have we seen that before? Yeah. Uh, pretty much every year. Yeah, every year. Yeah, for the last fifteen years. I, I tell you what worries yeah. me. What from what I heard out of the scrimmage and just what I've read on it. The de- the defensive line just got ramrodded by our offensive line, which which again, how do you take it? Do you say, hey, the offensive line is really good, or is the defensive line just not not gotten any better? Because uh, offensive line, the the starters for for the game or for the scrimmage was uh, Rouse, Bird, Rame, Matuire, Guyton. 
most of those names we were we were expecting, but they I mean they just it sounds like they just got gashed all day long. They said uh, who was it that made a, a few plays off the edge over there? It was a trace forward uh, looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but it, it seemed like it, even in that it was like he was going up against uh, a guy like you know Rain or Rouse who you know. A little freshman. bit. Yeah, going up against these freshmen, and what he's doing is throwing. Rouse is transfer. Rouse is transfer. transfer. Yeah. But he was going up against some of these guys that were, you know, that were younger, and he was putting some swim moves and things like that on them that they weren't really ready for, and and beating them off the ball and just getting around them. But I I I I came out of the the whole what I've heard on the scrimmage. I'm I heard the back end uh, of the defense is not looking what we hoped it would look, you know, especially when you're talking about guys like Key Lawrence coming back, you're thinking about guys, again, Peyton Bowen, who we've heard nothing but raves about. Uh, I'm like, Caleb, we got four of the best players that are going to play Cheetah, and uh, why don't we just, why don't we just spread those guys out and see what they can do on the back end. Um, It's, we're getting to a point where this, again, you guys didn't like the talk last week when I sit here, but Brent better come up with something because this is make or break time in my opinion, because we're fixing to roll into SEC country. And if that defense doesn't make good and leaps and bound, leaps and bounds, it has to be massive improvements on my board because Again, we keep bringing in all these guys, all this talent. Doom pod time. I see what I heard was that just the opposite of what you heard. I heard that when they started substituting on the offensive line, when they started substituting on the offensive line, that the defense was tearing them up. They're subs on the offensive the, the, line. That's your second string offense. Yeah, you're Not all beat of the them are second string. Well, th- what concerns me is that you you look at a scrimmage. The defense has the advantage. The defense has seen, all, they know the plays. They know all the plays the offense is running. They have the advantage. Every time we went and watched the spring game, we come out and saying, "Oh gosh, dang the the defense looked great." You know, the defense looked great. Well, that's because they know all the plays. And then we get to the regular season, the defense looks like crap, like they always do. So if the sure. defense looks like crap in this scrimmage, that's a little concerning to me. Because I don't really think our offense is going to be that good. I'm, I'm not going to argue that fact with you because I didn't think it was too good last year. No, no. we'll see. I do think though. I do think it's going to be. I mean, especially in these scrimmages and maybe even early in the season, I think they're going to be trying out a lot of different combos. I do too. Try to see to try to see what works, you know. But and, I mean, I think. You got you still got Key Lawrence. You still got Woody Washington. You still got Billy Bowman. You got Reggie Pearson who's played football. I mean, you still they should be good. With, well, they, with yeah, they you should know, be and, very and, good. I mean, you're really just trying to fill a corner spot. Yeah, and, and a couple of you know, a couple of people on the, the defensive line, which they should have some bodies to do that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard that. Nick Anderson looked really good on offense at wide receiver. They're saying Jaquez Petaway is making a catch Jaquez. every day. Jaquez. Jaquez? It's Jaquez, Jaquez Petaway. Whatever. Yeah. Petaway kid's making a catch every day that is just unbelievable, which is good news for our receivers. And then I heard, too, 
that the hardest hitter on the defense is Kobe McKenzie. He'll put the smack down on you. Is he going to see the field? We're pretty oh, deep yeah, at linebacker. He'll play. he'll play, but he's not going to start at linebacker, but he'll play linebacker. Yeah, I heard. He'll the, rotate him in. What got the starting linebackers for uh, defense during that scrimmage were Stutzman at the mic, and then they had Canick and uh, Kip Lewis at the wheel. Yeah. Uh, for most of the scrimmage, you know, running with the ones. Uh, I, I haven't heard much about Canick, uh, you know, this year during the you know the summer. His life, like his he's fixing to flip the switch. He is he is one super fast guy. He is very capable to play that spot. Last year, he just played with wild abandon. He didn't know where he was supposed to be. And it didn't look like he played that bad because he's that talented. Oh, he looks like a ball player for sure. Yeah. Oh, he's he's got a ton He's of... learning that defense, and when he, the switch flips, he will be one heck of a linebacker. Well, I hope it sw- flips pretty quick. I do, too. They, they, they said night and day. That's what, what – there's an article written about him this week. It's a yeah, night and day difference, I, him, his heard, understanding of the defense. Yeah, I've heard that, too. I've heard he he's, could very well be a starter by the end of the season. He will start. Can it? Yeah, he's yeah. going to start? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll he, – him and Stutzman. Yeah, I, I got I got Stutzman. Hey, when do, we, when do we get it? When do they release the death chart? Do they wait till the – The week of, the last week. Man, week it, it, Brent, Brent's pretty coy with that. He was coy with it last year. I uh, can project it for you if you want me to. Yeah, tell us that. He's going to start on defense. Yeah. Well, just a minute. I got to flip through my notes here. I got all kinds of notes. <laughs> you going to mail like, this into Brent like, too? <laughs> going to drop a letter in the mail and tell him this is who oh, needs to start? Oh, you want the defense? <laughs> defensive yeah, throw, end. Throw the defense at us. All right, defensive end. Bothroyd. Ah, yeah, I got, I got that one too. Followed okay. by, yeah. backed up by R. Mason Thomas. On the yeah. other end, you're going to have Ethan Downs, backed up by Trace Ford. Defensive tackle, Jordan Kelly, backed up by... John Terry. Wait, you got Kelly? At, at, at Kelly at will start, I promise you. He uh-huh. is he is not the most talented tackle, but he is definitely the most experienced tackle, and he is the most consistent tackle we have. Okay. The other tackle will be Isaiah Coe, backed up by D- Davon Sears. Okay. Linebacker Danny Stutzman, backed up by Connor Near. Linebacker Jaron Canick, backed up by Kobe McKenzie. Cheetah, Deshaun McCullough. You think, whoa, whoa, whoa. You think, who you got his backup as? Deshaun McCullough? Deshaun, yeah. Harrington. Harrington. I, 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 I disagree there. I think Harrington's going to win the job. Well, he may do it. I'm not saying. I, I yeah. think I think Harrington's my right now as far as the cheetah position goes. He is by just, far has a lot more experience than McCullough does. I he they just keep talking about Justin Harrington and all that he's done, and so for me, I I think he's I think he's the guy. I think he's the one that's going to win that job. And then I I see Desan McCullough as his backup, though. I think he's real close on it. Yeah, I think they give it to Harrington out of sympathy. Well, I don't he, think he it's a sympathy it. play. I mean, really. He's been here this Man, whole time, got, worked his butt off. If he you if gotta have a toss your up, I'm going to play the Harrington. best player. Huh? Best player you gotta, plays. You got to have your most talented guys on the field. But I, you and didn't you hear me. Building. I said if it's a toss up, I'm going with Harrington. And I pull him out, play two, and put 
the McCulloch yet in. No, no. I, I, I honestly just if you're taking what they're what you're hearing out of there, out of out of OU right now, Harrington's winning the job. It's not a sympathy play by any means. He's straight up winning it. There's just been some. He's much got McCullough talk about the, McCullough that Harrington kind of got lost in the shuffle when he is the most experienced. In that position. Experience, I don't care about it. I need talent. The most talented. The best. I need the best on the field. Not the most experienced. Talk to BV. Well, McCullough's coming from Indiana. I'll let him know. You know. Okay. <laughs> at cornerback, we got Woody Washington. Uh, that's a that's a given. Uh, yeah, no Backed brain. up by Kendall Doby. At the other corner, we got Gentry Williams. Backed up by Josiah Wagner. Uh, that's another spot I disagree. I think Josiah wins it out from him, but he's a freshman. I, I, I'm kind of like Caleb on that deal, though. Give me the most talent. I don't think I, I think Gentry Williams got a little more experience, things like that. But again, you everybody's got a ceiling. Wagner's ceiling is much higher. I know that. And but you know freshmen. Freshmen are great. They look great until they screw up and then killed you. Give me a freshman so, mistake. Until they get put in the defense, it's too complicated. Yes. I, I just think at some some spots, I think you take the freshman mistakes and hope that hope that the the athleticism that a guy like Wagner brings, that it just covers it up. But – Shall I go on? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Safety. Billy Bowman. Nah, that's a no-brainer. Backed up by Key Lawrence. The other safety uh, is uh, – What? I agree. I agree. You okay. can't have everybody on the field. The other safety is Reggie Pearson. Backed up by Peyton Bowen. That's what's, that's what's sad. We're just like – we're we're loaded at safety. Do, do they do they not find a way? I mean, do you move some of those guys around? Yeah, I mean, like I'm thinking, I'm almost sitting here in my head going, "Do you not put Bowman and Lawrence on the field together?" Uh, you could. Y'all are thinking he's going to start and play the whole game. No, no, they're going to rotate them guys and keep their legs fresh on them, and that could be any combination of the above. But I'm I, in my my brain when I I write out the starting lineup here in my head. I'm sitting here going, "Who's who's the best option?" And it's it's Key Lawrence and it's Bowman it, right now. I it, it just is, and I don't know. Man, I really like what I saw from Reggie Pearson, though. He's he's one of those guys that I think he I think he's gonna be fantastic when you play a team that's gonna be a little bit more run heavy because I think he's a guy that especially in a you know those like third and three situations where he's a guy that's gonna come up and can lay a hit on somebody and just ruin their day. Uh, I don't know if y'all haven't noticed I don't what know I, th- all the names that I. Just wrote down he... as the starters. But there's only one on there that isn't the most experienced player, and that would be the Cheetah at Deshaun McCullough as the starter and Justin Harrington as the backup. Every other player I put on there is the most experienced, more experienced than their backup. And I love experience. I, it's just 
they've all experienced some bad defense over the last few years. That's the problem. <laughs> well, I think, too, don't you think, like, even if the guys are – even if one guy's a – I mean, I, some, of the, some of these freshmen, some of these inexperienced players, you got to get them on the field this year, and you got to build for next year. You can't you can't go in the SEC and have all these talented guys inexperienced as well. Well, hopefully the way our season pans out or our schedule pans out this year is that there's going to be a lot of like you said a lot of number twos are going to get a lot of playing time. Ho- yep. Hopefully, if they don't, then we've got issues. We got bigger issues than than that. I agree. I think you know one of the things Who let that, the dogs out. One of the things <laughs> that that I I think is is really important. This season is to see like uh you know Arnold do get some time. He's gotta he's gotta see the field. He's gonna, oh yeah. I think yeah. you gotta build yeah. a package. Which they said during the during the scrimmage, he played really well. Uh, Who are you listening to? Who am I? I pay for services to to read. I heard that I'm on it on wasn't three as bad with, as the spring game for him, Jackson, but it wasn't much better. I I pay for on three sooner scoop. I mean, I'm, that's what I'm on there. I'm on their group, and in everything you read, he, he had a he had a great scrimmage. Said he said he threw the ball well. Uh, it looked like he had learned the offense. It, we I mean, we don't follow Thune and Drum like you do, Dad. No, God, them guys. I like them guys. You ditch yeah. them you're guys, the man. One. They're I, I wasn't listening. You're the to only them. one. I didn't get that. I listened to them for recruiting. But I'm I'm telling you, like the the deal is, they said. He looks much better. Everybody's saying he looks a lot better. Uh, he's he's learning the offense, those things. But he's got to he's got to see the field during actual game time, or you know he's going to be. We're going to throw him to the wolves next year because when Alabama comes to town, uh, he's going to see what he has never seen before, and it's a, a real defense. You got you got to agree with me on this though, and I've. I was the one that wanted to go to the SEC for a long time. Yes, you was. Next year's schedule looks – it's going to be tough. It's yeah, going to be but brutal. It's a, it's but a great does, schedule. Does it not make you more excited for football? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great so, It's going to be so much better than going and watching Iowa State and Baylor and Watch it now. TCU. At least, at least when we lose, get beat, when we get beat by a you know, quality team. Yes. Did you all see who we Wait. picked up in the yeah, – When we take our second Maine. losses. Maine. Yeah. We're going to play Maine. <laughs> Do they even have uh, football what, up there? What's yeah, the, they what, do. What's their mascot? You think the, they're going to bring a lobster? Norwells or what? No, it's a bear. <laughs> it's got to be a lobster. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a bear. Maine black bears. Oh. Maine, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, though, that, that non-conference schedule, when you're really bears, looking at like, but it's like a bear. Temple, Temple, Houston, and, and, uh, and Tulane, you know, you're like, dang, I wish we were playing Arkansas State next year. <laughs> I wish we had a little bit of – you know, oh, where do you think they're going to slot that? You know, that main game is, is, that the, to, is that to be end? announced. Oh, it's going to be in November, and you know that, main, that they're just going to be happy to be leaving Maine in November. <laughs> we're going to we're going to get that cupcake SEC game. It's going to be towards the end. That's what SEC always does. They put that one game, and you know, I thought they put it at the very end of the season. No, it's not the end. It's it's, it'll be in November. Yeah, it'll be towards the end. Yeah, towards the game end or two November. before the end, I bet. Okay, and they're give, gonna love it. Yeah, give like, me the, right. Oklahoma give me that bye week at you know towards November. That's a nice <laughs> week. Yeah, we may we may all be going. Dang, let's, we can't wait to go to the main game so we can watch OU 
thump watch, somebody. Watch us you win. know what I mean? <laughs> we, we, haven't seen, we haven't seen a thumping in a long time. We got to go. We're going to hang a half hundred on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we may be dying for that main game. May not have any of our starters left yeah. after going through the gauntlet that we, we drew out from the SEC. Uh, you guys see the coaches poll this week? Yeah, came out. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on that? I mean, I, not just OU. Like as you look through it, uh, I anything thought they stand was very out to you? gracious to OU after going six and seven to put us at nineteen. I I agree. Uh, Do I think we belong there? I don't know. It's about you know. It's about right. Uh, I mean, I think that's about where we ought to I be. I think we're a top twenty-five team. They could have put. What us they got? At, Florida State at? They had Florida State. Ah, uh, top five. Yeah, they were. They were. No, they were. They were eighth or ninth. I thought eight. Yeah. So I mean, we went toe to toe with them last year, and probably had every chance to win that game and we're down a lot of players so I, I i think that anybody below 12 you know we shouldn't have any issue beating i had one one grievance with it that i felt like shouldn't have any issue i say we should should be able to beat them yes not I, that we won't have issues with I, it. I had one grievance in it i looked at penn state and thought seven was <laughs> extremely high wouldn't you hate to be a penn state fan man it, where's texas always at? they're 12. Tex- Texas was 12. Penn uh, State's always always the up there. And and have they ever done anything? Who? Penn State. They used to, back in they, the day. They were, yeah, like, like in 85. They allowed some kids to get raped and stuff. I've heard about that. Yeah. It, I, I've pulled for them for a few times, too. I remember one time they were playing Ohio State, and Ohio State was really good that year. And Penn State dominated them for four and a half or three and a half quarters. And they just – Fell apart. Fell apart. And every time I've pulled for them, that's what's happened. I feel like Wisconsin's the same way. Oh, like we every beat year, them and You know, it's just like. The Orange Bow in 85. Okay, where's Wisconsin at on that poll? They were, they were fairly. 21. 21? And still. Oregon State's at 18? Yeah. Come on now. Look, when they you ain't going to be in a conference in two years. When you go through that Pac-12, when you go through that Pac-12 group, they're like Washington's up there. I mean, yeah, they're, the Pac four. The Pac twelve. Uh, they're the Pac twelve to this year. It'll be the Pac two next year. <laughs> Pac two. God, I hope USC gets beat but by Utah three when, times this season. Pretty easy. I just got to drop that one off the front, and they're good to go. But you look at you got Texas is is twelve out of the Big Twelve. They're they're leading us. TCU's at sixteen. K State at seventeen. You got OU at nineteen. And Texas Tech at 24, and that's the other team that I took a grievance with because I feel like that's a slight towards Texas Tech because I feel like they they may be a team that's kind of a sleeper in that and feel like that, you know, honestly, I, I look at, you know, the Big 12, I, I think they're one of the one of the better programs that we're going to see this year. Yeah. Um, How about the dumpster fire that's Oklahoma State right now? Oh, my gosh. We're gonna throw the Oklahoma State fans under the bus. Yeah, again. throw them under there. I don't care. What what dumpster fire we got going up there? They don't. They they're just. They've, they've lost got, all their players. Oh, that's yeah. Well, you know, they haven't recruited Oklahoma any of them State. either. They Who got wants to go. They there? got votes for the top twenty-five. I don't know how. I I don't either. Mike Gundy must have had a vote. They have a receiver on the roster at the end of last year. They had a wrestler leave the other day. Come to OU, didn't they? A wrestler? Yes. Oh. Wrestler. Wrestler. I ain't never you know about, before. You know, 
You start losing your uh, softball players and your wrestlers. Wrestlers in Washington. <laughs> we start start when the, when the golf players start defecting to OU. Hey, you Nate, Hib- Nate Hibble's got the golf program just uh, the humming, buddy. So don't even go there. Yeah. But no, I mean, uh, I, I to be honest, the coaches poll deal. Uh, you know, I looked at it, checked it out. I I just hate the coaches poll. It cracks me up that Texas A&M is at 25. Well, they That's don't probably vote the on that. Yes, they, those coaches, well, some well, of them interns vote on it yeah, and stuff like that. they'll throw that out there and vote, vote for me. But I, I entirely hate some peckerhead that don't know nothing. Well, you know, Lincoln Riley's got to put himself at number one every time. Yeah, but I, I hate the coaches' poll as a whole. I hate all the preseason polls as a whole because – Again, we've it, set it now. It really is just for the fans, and, that, yes. and that's the bad thing. No, it's but the, it affects I, the entire. I don't disagree with that. It, it affects all of it. Well, it does because if they start you out there, you know, and then oh, how many times do you see a, a top ten team just get monkey stomped in the first couple of weeks by somebody they but, they have no business getting beat by? Well, that's what I'm saying. But I mean, if if you're a if you've been a good team and they put you too low, then you got to scratch your way well, back to the top. Perfect example. Go back to 2000 when we win the national championship. We start out really low in the polls. 19th. Like 19th again. Uh, but look at who's on that schedule. Then you run through the gauntlet of what was called Red October when you took Texas, K-State, Nebraska, all top 10 top five teams i think at the time and you walk through that that's what vaulted them to that you know up into the the top tier of the deal who's oh you gonna if if you had the team if you if we recreate what bob stoops recreated in 2000 we did that again who are who's oh you gonna beat that's gonna vault them up there because texas is at 12 and if you roll over them and you beat them then they well, go on, a, you know, even if they go on to win the rest of their games, who's going to vault you up there? It doesn't matter. If you win all your games, you're in it. I mean, even if you have yeah. – OU could still get there. OU loses to Texas. They they went out. They've got a chance. You're going to face them again or somebody again in the Big 12 championship. You win that game, you're in. I mean – Switch us out with a Baylor. Who does Baylor – Baylor's got to go undefeated. I, again, but again – they have to go undefeated, but we saw teams do this in the past. Baylor, TCU, when you know these was, teams are great and they're they're worthy of playing in this playoff, but yet the the playoff committee gets that final decision. And what are they basing their decisions off of? It all begins off the polls, and the preseason polls really dictate how that goes on forward. I just I hate preseason polls. I say the heck with polls. I say you don't throw them out there till week three. I don't disagree with that. That's not a bad idea. You 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 would think the coaches' polls would be more accurate, you know? Well, they like, don't, like those it are would guys. Be, like, it would be if the coaches were the one that sat down and did the voting, but they don't. They'll give it to their assistants or to a, an aide or somebody in the office and say, "Take care of that for me." I mean, because you look at that, you take Texas A and M at twenty-five. Would you rather? And you look at all the teams that are above them. Would you rather play Oregon State, UNC, Tulane, Texas Tech, or Texas A&M? Like, or who would you who would you least want to play? Well, Texas A&M's mainly because they have the athletes. I mean, they've had top five recruiting classes the last three or four right. years now. 
So yeah. you know they have athletes. It's just a such a terrible culture down there that Jimbo Fisher has that their team's not ever any good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying as a coach, I'm like, there's there's a lot of teams I'd rather play before Texas A&M. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And if, so if you're a coach and you're thinking that way, you take the coach's polls to be a little more accurate. That's right. all I'm saying. Right. I don't disagree with that. Uh, what do you What are y'all's thoughts on the uh, conference realignment that's been going on? It sucks. <laughs> I mean, serious, conference realignment. Everything that's happened since I've been a fan of football, and that started with the Sooners in nineteen sixty nine. But it's nothing new. I mean, no, it's, it's nothing it's, new. It's, it's always everything changed. that's been done to the conferences. You know, I was a big fan when we were the Big Eight. Then we came the Big Twelve. Everything is driven by money. We all know that. The people, the money people, could care less about the student athlete. They care less about the traditions, the rivalries. All they're interested in is money. And they will destroy, mark my word, college football before it's over. Now, if it gets... Hopefully, if it gets bad enough that they lose the TV revenue and people get sick of it and don't watch it, it'll revert back to basically what it was before the big money. They'll destroy the, the college football that you grew up with. Yeah, They're not going to destroy it. College football will always be around. Oh, I, I'm and not it will, saying it'll it, get bigger and bigger. Unfortunately, I'm, I, it won't I'm be. I'm not saying college football is going away. It won't be the college football that you, that you and even I, we know and love. That's right. Uh, I mean, you know, if you'll think think about NASCAR, NASCAR wasn't all that popular, and then all of a sudden, because of TV, they started putting it on TV, and people started watching it, and became a big thing, and so what did they start doing? Well, let's start changing it. Let's start giving away the sportsman trophies. You know, uh, just yeah, diversity and inclusion. Yes. And they've got NASCAR to where you can't watch it anymore. I bet you, I bet you they're, well, I've watched a few just, you know, nothing else on. And I'm looking at the stands. Used to, you couldn't get a ticket to a NASCAR game. You had to go early. And the stands were full, especially down there at Texas. Now you look in the stands, they haven't even got the grandstand side full. Right. Much less the back straightaway. What do, what do you think their goal is as far as – do you think that's going to go to two major conferences? I mean, when you, when you look at how many teams actually have a viable shot at winning a national championship. About 60. Uh, uh, no, not, about 25. No, not, I'm talking about, about 60 teams will be in probably two different conferences, about 30 teams in each conference. No, no, no. I, I, got I think it. 24 teams in a conference, two, two major conferences. No, I ain't got that. I, 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 hear me out. You got a twelve-team playoff already on slate. That's coming. Uh, I think where we're headed is is three conferences for now. Uh, I see those three conferences having twenty teams. I think they split them into two divisions of ten teams each, looking like what the Big Twelve has been uh, for a while. Those ten teams are going to play each other. We're going to vie them. You know, we're going to we're going to do five and five, and then. 
split across and play a few games across the conference. And then we're going to play our conference championship. And what I think you're going to end up out of that is I think you get a conference champion, a runner-up, and and those six teams are, are guaranteed a spot. So if you make the conference championship game you're in, I think they're going to have six at-large bids. Uh, those six at-large, they're not going to include those group of five. I think those guys will become division like 1A. And from there, I think that's how it goes. Uh, but if we don't get to that, if it doesn't come, if they can't – and Dad's right. The, the What's driving it is money, and money is in ESPN's pocket, and ESPN really is driving this because, again – Oklahoma and Texas, they wanted out of the Big 12, uh, especially after the whole, hey, we can't play our Nebraska game at night. That was the last straw. Oklahoma just, that broke it, said, hey, we're, we're out if we can't get, you know, an evening game or something like that. Uh, so here you go. I think, I think what you're looking at now, uh, just from the business aspect of it, is ESPN, if they can't force it, and they're trying. You can tell, I mean, like right now, the, the whole Pac-12 deal was ESPN put a ton of pressure on them with the deal that ESPN and Fox, because those are the two major players, uh, with the deal that ESPN and Fox came up with with the Big 12, put a ton of pressure on the Pac-12 to come up with a, a viable number, and they didn't. They came up with a streaming service out of Apple, not dogging on Apple, but driven by totally by viewership or driven by you know how many people are willing to subscribe and so what happens now is if espn and, and fox can't press us to these three conferences i think we go back to exactly what we've been seeing i think eventually uh if espn and fox because espn's downsizing things like that we're seeing guys get fired and uh, big name people get fired from ESPN or or let go uh, to save money. I think if we get to that point, I think what happens then is you see a, a an ordeal where finally the presidents of these universities, maybe the athletic directors, whatever, they get back together and they say, "Hey, we're going to go back to this is more cost effective." If the money starts to dry up, it's more cost effective to do it regionally. And we see, hey, maybe Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Missouri, Texas, all of us, we maybe we ought to go create our own conference. Well, the SEC has remained largely regional, especially you throw in if you if you were to add you know, to get to twenty teams, what are they at right now? Sixteen. Mm-hmm. You add Oklahoma State and Baylor, and then pick up maybe a Florida State, Clemson, or somebody like that over on the east side. But split it, and then you're. You're regional again. They are. They are regional. The SEC is the only conference, though, that has stayed that way. You look at like the ACC right now. Uh, you've got Can- Stanford, Cal. They've they've off. They've kind of put in their hat th- and said, I think "Hey, they're going to go to the no, ACC. they're not. They're not. Uh, no, Clemson, Florida State, and uh, Miami voted no. I mean, that's oh, already did. been. Yeah, they voted no against it. And so the deal is, is what's crazy is you look back at the Pac-12. Who voted no against Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, and I think it was Texas Tech? Was that the four that were going to make the move back when? Probably USA. No, no. It was going to be Cal and Stanford. It was USC, UCLA, Colorado, 
And I think one of the, like the Oregon, maybe Oregon voted no against taking on Oklahoma and Texas when, when member of the Wallflower wanted to move us out that way. Mm-hmm. And David Bourne, he was trying to move us to that direction. David Bourne, big guy that really loved the fact that they were extremely intelligent out there, you know, doing all the, the big school stuff and wasn't worried about football. Here we went to do it. Those guys vote no and look at them now. They're gone. The same thing can be said out here. The ACC had an offer from two Division One schools that bring in would bring in some viewership, maybe not high end, but they they petitioned to to join the ACC. And who's been screaming the most to get out? Florida, Florida State. State. And here you go. They said no. We don't want them. But you look at that deal that they have TV wise out at the ACC and it's terrible. It's a terrible deal. Yeah, it goes to and 30, it goes to 2036. I mean, 2036. Yeah. Yeah. They're that, that conference is going to implode. It's, it's the next one to fall and who's going to take them. I can tell you who's going to take Ooh. them. The SEC is going to pick up the Florida States of the world. Probably, uh, going to look to get the, uh, Clemson, Miami. I think they take I think, Clemson. I don't think they take Miami. No, nobody's I, talking about Miami. No, Nobody I, likes Miami. You know who they want? It, it really sounds like they're the SEC's leaning towards trying to get Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia of all people. Of Virginia of all people. Yes. But the reality is, is that Florida State, Clemson want to go to the Big Ten. So I mean. Again, the SEC is saying, hey, we're going to stay regional, pick up Florida State. Obviously goes well. Clemson right there, perfect. Virginia's a little bit. Yeah, that kind of got me. It's an outsider. I thought they'd go after like North Carolina. But you you think it gets you the viewership right up there. Now you're getting into viewership up around where the Rutgers area is and stuff like that. You can get up in that New England area. That's viewership that you don't have. But to me, it seems like. What's going to happen is is you know who the biggest winner in all this is the Big Twelve. No, well oh, the Big Twelve is, is UCF, huge. Cincinnati, and Houston. Mm-hmm. They they have they couldn't BYU. have came into it at a better time. And BYU, yeah, yeah. I mean because the Big Twelve is not going to go anywhere soon. They've at least they went picked from, up enough to hold them viable for a while. They they went from. Being on the rope, no. uh, being a player now. <laughs> yep, no. we're just happy to be there. No, I mean, you think about the Big 12. You, again, here you have this new, you know, chairman of, of the Big 12. If he'd have been here two years, three years ago. Oklahoma and Texas still Oklahoma be Oklahoma and Texas still be still here. Be there, yeah. This would be an actual 12-team conference before we left. And probably bigger and would have made these moves. But the the thing is, is you had, you know, the past leadership was poor and none they of those were, moves were made. They were reactive instead of proactive. Right. Right. Dan, Dan Beebe was the guy that really failed. Uh, I, I, let's be honest. Somebody needed to smack Texas whenever this whole – Texas, Longhorn, Longhorn Network. Network. Yeah, the Longhorn, Longhorn Network started Ooh. the whole thing for the Big Twelve and caused people to leave because we couldn't start the Big Twelve, Big 12 Network. Network because they were they were being stupid. And 
again, help with Fox who, Sports. Who do you blame that? Crapped out. Who do you blame that on? It's ESPN. ESPN plays. It, again, why are they laying off people? Because they paid a stupid number to put Texas on TV, and Texas hasn't won anything. Texas is the spoiled child that sits around <laughs> whining and crying all the time. They do you won. guys think? Go ahead, Shane. Go ahead. Well, no. I was just wondering. Do you think there's any way to divorce football from all the other sports? They've keep done it a little bit. Else. I mean, but why why not keep everything else regional, right? All the the low revenue or non revenue sports, keep it all regional. They've talked and about football, that. and football is just its own thing. They've kind of you done that I mean? a little bit. Like like Notre Dame plays in a conference and everything right. except yeah, for yeah. football. There's yeah. exactly there's already precedent for that. So right. Why not? Why not do it that way? You know, I, I I feel I'm almost to the point where I'm like, let's just do it like soccer. Let's uh, let's have four regions with ten teams each, and you have and yeah, that's your A league. You got like forty teams, right? Yeah, you're gonna have to explain and, all that soccer stuff to us because ain't no yeah. Well, just, you know, the, the yeah, bottom yeah, ten yeah, teams don't even start on soccer. The bottom. T- let's just do relegation. No, you know we're what not I mean? going relegation. The I like bottom, relegation. I, I do know what relegation is. I watched Ted Lasso. Teams, the bottom teams go to the mat, you know, or whatever, <laughs> and the, and the teams that are performing in the bottom conferences welcome up. You know what I mean? And and we'll just play it that way, you know. But so, there's too much. There's too much so, TV. So, and M's going to be back in the MAC, and then Appalachian State's going to be playing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? I <laughs> mean, if be. we're going to if we're going to totally redo the sport, and it, like, why not base it off merit? I, so I that's not a bad is, idea. Because here's the thing: all the other sports have a mechanism to ensuring that it doesn't matter what conference you're in, you're going to get to compete for championships. The main thing: if they go to you know, twelve teams, you, you get you get to you get to go to the College World Series. You get to you get to go to the, you get to go to you know the. We ain't doing the March Madness trophy or what you know, it is now. You know, I mean, you, all the other sports have a mechanism that you get to go to a tournament, you get to compete, and sure you're there. But football has become a place where, with 119 whatever teams, you just, you know what I mean. You got to be in the competitive conferences to have a shot. Well, especially and, at uh, a 14 playoff. Hard. Yeah, if they go to a 12 team yeah. playoff, I think it. I think it'll calm it'll calm everything down. Well, it makes yeah. the move the twelve team playoffs the only thing that makes the move for like Oklahoma and Texas to go to the SEC make any sense whatsoever. It actually I think makes less sense. If it's a twelve team playoff, if you can if you can win the Big Twelve, which we had not a lot of problem doing, you're in every year. No, I think it's better. I think I think at the end of the day, I think your your odds are better. I think just if because you have three losses in the SEC, you're probably not going to get in still. But who wants to be in the twelve team? I don't want to be in the playoff if I'm going to get my butt kicked in round one. I do so that fifteen years from now we can say we made the playoff fourteen times. We never won it. I never no. won a playoff game, but we were in it fifteen times. There's your participation trophy. I, yeah, to uh, me, you need to go talk to TCU about playing in the playoffs. Yeah. The the thing is is. If you got a twelve-team playoff, that's you can go to the toughest conference out there. And let's be honest, the SEC is that right now, uh, with the Big Ten right there in tow. But you can go to that toughest conference. You can go and end up third in the conference and still make it to the playoff. And you may make second or third round of the playoffs. I don't disagree with that. That's not a bad well. I mean, deal. You just you just do the math, right? If the SEC's Typically, sometimes putting two in in a fourteen playoff 
they're getting four to six. Yeah, you would think they at least get four teams in. Exactly. So, I don't know. My assumption is they're guaranteed three um, at the end of the day. I almost yeah. think they're guaranteed four. I mean, if you got a twelve-team playoff, I think they are. Too. I I think you're right. I think I think it's four is probably the real number, but three is probably a, a guarantee. You can a guarantee. Nar- uh, you can I'll, guarantee I'll, I'll three, but if you if you aren't one of the top three in that conference, probably don't even need to be there anyway. True. But you look at like right now, if you OU wins the Big Twelve. You know, seven out of ten years, that's pretty much been typical for us anyway. It, you haven't played any competition anyway other than what's on the, you know, outside of your, your conference schedule, which they've had. Been again, saying it for years. They've had a lot of luck against some of these SEC teams early in the season, but when they go through the gauntlet, all of a sudden you get to the playoff. You can, even if you're the third team in the SEC and everybody goes, oh, they're the third team in the SEC, no way you're going to win it anyway. Well, the deal is, is that SC, that number one SEC team has to go play the number four team, maybe from the Big, Big Ten. Ten. Yeah, and and maybe and it's upsets just can happen. And, I mean, and matchups are, are a thing. I mean, you get a bad matchup, yeah. and, and boom, you're done. It's hard to beat anybody twice. What has what has Oklahoma had over the last few years? When we've said they've made the playoffs, and we've said Lincoln, like when Lincoln Riley was here. The fact of the matter is, is we always drew that sucky matchup right there. Who wanted Georgia in the first round? Yeah. Why? I mean, the deal was we they moved it around. That was the year we wanted Bama. Bama was the team you really wanted. We matched in, up better with Bama than we, we did, did Georgia. Yes, we I matched agree. up way better with that Nick Saban-Bama team because, again, Nick Saban's always struggled with those – you know, those spread offenses and things like that. That's who you were hoping for. And then all of a sudden you draw this Georgia team and then, you know, you got a, a sick Baker Mayfield and all of a sudden you're in trouble because our defense is terrible. They actually had an offense that could do something. But if you draw Bama in that first game and you jump out to the lead where Baker's feeling good early on in the game, you jump out to that lead that you had, Bama's not making that comeback. No. By any means, not net, not net, in that day. No, no. and so I'm. The deal is, is matchups are real, and so some of these teams fall by the wayside, and maybe you're not getting the best champion, you know, the guy that probably had the best all around team, but you're getting the team that had the attrition to make it through the most and, deserving, the most deserving team. I like that. Well, and, the potential that could really suck though when you go to a twelve team playoff, and it's already. It hasn't happened too bad in the SEC yet. But what I think you're going to see in the future is you're going to see someone like an Alabama who's going to beat Georgia at their at in Georgia, and then play them again in the SEC the SEC championship, beat them in the SEC championship, and then, then play them again in the playoffs, and then lose on a last minute field goal, or even lose the national championship. And it's going to be like that sucks. You know, they beat them on the road. They beat them on a neutral field and then lost having to play them for a third time. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that's going to, you're going to see that start to happen in the SEC. Yeah. And it's hard to beat someone twice, much less three it's times. It's hard to beat, much less three times. Yeah. So, we'll yeah, see but, how that goes. I mean, I, I think a 12 team playoff, though, to me, looks more and more like what the NFL's doing. 
Um, oh, yeah. I hate this. It, it, you're right. It's becoming the NFL. I know, and I hate that because I hate the I NFL. I don't watch it's, NFL. College has well, always we, been my love, and it. And I, I'm not arguing with you, Coach. You're exactly right. But when someone says that, it just there goes that football you loved, huh? Yes, well, you, there you goes that football the that I loved. It's like when women used to play women's basketball, the six on six half court thing. You know what I mean? It was like it was fun because it was a different. It was almost like a different sport, you know. And it's, it's what made it great. It's what made it charming. When they started playing five on five, full court, everything. It's just like it's just that, a that was before. It's my just time. a watered down version of of men's basketball, right? And it's like I don't want another NFL. Uh, college football has its it's charming for a reason. Right. I I think you're. I think what you end up with, again, it goes back to that thing of, honestly, I think with conference realignment, I think we end up, when it all comes full circle, I think it all ends up back to what we saw before. I think it's going to end up regional teams because I think I think you're right. I think the charm will get lost and everybody will look at this as like a, a B league for the, you know, for the NFL. That, and they gotta get, they got to get a cap on some NIL stuff. I mean, uh, that's coming. It, kids making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for never playing it down is just well. You know, N- NIL was a good thing. It. It's a great yeah. thing. I agree. No, no, hang on, it's a good thing when you was th- when we all thought that this kid can make money off his name, image, and likeness. In other words, he's going to go up here at the local air conditioner place up in Oklahoma City and do a commercial or something like that, or sign some autographs. Sell some of his jerseys. Going to make some money that way. It's turned into nothing but pay to play. Signing bonus. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah, I, that's all it is. I think you know when I when I thought about nil, I'm I'm exactly where you guys are on that. I thought of like uh, who I can't remember who it was at OU uh, in recent years. He had he had a woodworking shop. He was building his own like furniture and things like that, but he couldn't sell any of it. He had a website. You could see it all. You couldn't buy it from him because against he, NCAA yeah, because, because it was NCAA yeah. was saying no, you can't do this. And so, to me, I, I, I'm like that. I, if if we want to take a kid, if if you've got a, a Danny Stutzman, and he's as me as a, a business owner says, hey, he's valuable as somebody I can put on an ad and get you know, people in here, or if I can bring him in and he can sign some autographs one day and I can get people walking through my store, I'm a hundred percent behind that. And whatever you got to pay him to do it, I'm fine with it. But I'm like you, Caleb. I, I don't even mind the collective stuff. For, I, I just, but they, but they got to do be, something. There needs to be a cap on it. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not arguing that fact either. It's just, we've turned into, you know, pay to play and our, it's wild west. It's the wild wild west. Is yes, what it, it is. is, and and it, it it's not good. It's just no different than the transfer portal has basically turned into free agency. You know, without the NCAA guys is defunct. They don't. No, they they don't do anything. They we, don't do anything. That. Abolish them. Do away with them. That when we end up with these three major conferences. Get you a board of directors and run the conference yourself. You know who needs to do it? Sankey. Yeah. This guy's that guy is. 
you know, he's the head of the SEC conference. This guy, he's on top of everything. Have you? I mean, if you listen to him talk, he's nuts. I mean, I think you. I think right now with those three conferences, you talk about the Big Ten, the the Big Twelve, and the SEC, which is crazy saying the Big Twelve since. But those are the three major conferences that are left. Yeah, I mean the ACC's still what it was, but I'm like they're, you. I, they're about to go to the wayside. Well, I, it's going to be hard for them to do anything because they got a 36, you know, into 36. They're not getting out of that contract. So they got to pay their way out of it, and it's stupid. And it's stupid, ridiculous. Yeah, it's the numbers are dumb. They're right? stuck out there. They'll die a slow death right out there. Yeah, but the deal is, is you put those three guys in a room. Tell the NCAA to take a hike and let college football be what it becomes. And, and I think, I honestly, I think it's it ends up back into a regional deal. I think you split the country into four quarters and just let it run and say, hey, we're doing this. We're drawing lines right down the middle. You're down here in this quadrant. You're over here in this. Yada, yada, you know, yada. And, and, and I think Stillwater's actually a little – East of Oklahoma City, and that line would divide us. I probably would, and it's just it'll hurt them even more. I want them back. I don't mind. Doing it every year. <laughs> it's a bring them to the SEC. It's like a, let's go. Well, it's the, like, the problem is everything's so East Coast heavy. You probably have to draw it at least at the Mississippi, if not even further east. You right. know, yeah, it, to, to get your to get some of your big boys, you know, out here. So I, I think that's the way it's. You have to go with it, but. Uh, Anyway, it's it's been a good, pretty good night of talking, guys. Uh, we're gonna end the night though. We're gonna start something new. We're gonna hear uh, uh, pops uh, pastime, pops picks from the past, pops picks from the past. That's what we're gonna call it. Uh, he's gonna we're gonna throw out a wide receiver tonight. Y'all quit laughing. This ain't funny. We're going to talk about somebody from the past and OU's history and just uh, let Dad talk about him for a little bit. Roll, roll some black and white film. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, when you talk about we're, – we're throwing a wide receiver out to him tonight. So you when you talk about OU football, you can't go back to black and white film because were there even wide receivers on those teams? No. That's true. <laughs> okay, my pick, one of my favorite receivers at OU – was Ryan Brawls. He was a great receiver. He played from 07 to 2011. He was a two-time consensus All-American in 2010 and 11. The same year, he was all Big 12. He set the record all-time, NCAA record, for receptions. That was broken in 2014. But Ryan finished up his career at OU with 349 receptions. 4,586 yards and 45 touchdowns. Well done, number 85. We were we were at the game. He was that the game against Cincinnati. No, no, it wasn't Cincinnati. It was it was uh, late in the season. It was like against the one he got hurt in. When he got hurt. Yeah, I want to yeah. say it was against Texas oh. A&M or somebody like that. I can't remember. Uh, and hurt his hurt his knee or his leg towards yeah. ACL, didn't he? Yeah. On a on a catch. Yeah. yeah, that was a bad day. Was it was it Cincinnati where he kind of had a breakout game, or am I thinking somewhere else? Uh, uh, yeah, I remember that. He was yeah. when when he got rolling. He was the receiver that 
a type of receiver that you throw the ball in his he's direction and he's catching it. He's coming down. With he's it. catching. Yeah. He caught some that I thought there's no way he could caught that, and he had catch him. He yeah. was just. I'm not saying he's the, the greatest that, receiver all time at rocky. OU, but he he's right there at the top. Did he have kind of a rocky start? Like got in a little bit of trouble. Oh like, yeah, really got, got in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, stealing yeah, really gas. Really yeah, he was stealing gas. He's stealing gas. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now Stoops, like, Stoops now, now gave like, him another chance, and look, look at what type of guy yeah. he turned out to be. I, I always yeah, I think he's like helps people manage their finances and stuff yeah. like that. Well, he's really a like, yeah. property yeah. manager now. He, he buys, yeah. bills and flips houses. I think. Yeah, and he's yeah. just he's just a nice guy. I mean. That, that's always cool to see a kid who yes, like, gets a second chance and makes the most of it. Yes. So, Bob, well done, Ryan. Bob was good at, at giving the second chances to, he thought, to the people that deserved it, and it and it worked out pretty well for him. I, I think that's one of those things that it, it's always good to remember, too, that you know, as a guy that deals with a lot of kids, these are kids. These, yes. are, these guys are kids. and. Yes. And we often forget that when we're watching. I, I do at least when I watch OU football games. I look at these guys as grown men, and they're they're not grown men. They're they're still kids. They're still making their way through life and, and learning some of these things. And some of these guys come from households and and from from walks of life that I could never imagine. So uh, it, it's really neat. I always enjoyed the fact and, and love the fact that Bob Stoops uh, would look at these guys and say, "I'm going to give that guy a second chance." and uh, Ryan Broyles is one of them that he got that second chance and, and he took complete advantage of it. And so uh, that's a good pick tonight. When you're my age, Shane, my oldest son, is pushing 50 and he's still a kid to me. <laughs> Shane, you threw your name, still, threw your age out there, dude. With, with, man, I know. <laughs> and apart from the acid reflux, I feel like a kid. I, mean, I feel like, feel like I could. You sure that ain't a heart attack? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Could be. Man, when I get it that, do, check. it does run in the family. <laughs> it does. It runs pretty early, so I figured that's why you should be careful. Yeah, you should probably should you get that checked out. It's Guys, probably watching all that OU football. That's <laughs> probably why we all have acid reflux and heart disease and GERD and everything else. It's, that's why. It's that's why I'm on blood pressure medicine. I can promise you that. And don't put me in that with y'all. I'm I'm perfectly healthy. Caleb is not healthy. I'm a picture <laughs> we'll of health. Mid season. We'll see about mid-season what your blood pressure is like. I just want all y'all to know that your dear old daddy loves you. All right. <laughs> Love you too, Dad. Love you, Dad. Uh, hey, this is, has been another uh, episode of the uh, uh, Sooner Born and Sooner Bred. We're recording this thing on uh, August 13th, uh, so when you hear it, you'll, you'll kind of know when we were talking Give about it. Give us everything. a like and a share and and good remarks. Yeah. Depending on how things go tomorrow, this may be my uh, my last pod to talk about recruiting. I may <laughs> swear it off for like, two hey, months at least. Hey, if, if things go – depending on how it goes tomorrow, I may I may holler at Caleb or some of you guys and see if we can't throw an emergency pod together just to kind of give a – That's right. Let's, let's go have a 4 o'clock meltdown tomorrow. Yeah, we'll have a meltdown yeah. or, or an excitement pod, and we'll just throw it out there real quick and just do it. I just want the people to, to know out there listening to this, if you'll stick around to see – season starts you'll get to see cody do a full-fledged meltdown i promise you caleb will uh, probably first, get mad and walk out and it'll be just me and shane left doing the podcast yeah I, that's uh, I am full, pretty true yeah i am fully <laughs> expecting 
uh, there to at least be one loss on the season. So I'm thinking there's going to be a meltdown pot at some point. Uh, again, this is Sooner Born, Sooner Bred. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. Like Dad said, give us a like, a follow, share that thing everywhere you can, and Sooner Born and Sooner Bred. See you guys next time.